You know who it is. Let's go live. Uh, it's B U M O V O N. Uh, what's happening? We meet again. Uh, every Friday, late at night. Food for thought. We could be your day that night. Come on. Bomb radio, bomb radio. Welcome to the Bum Radio Show, the Bold Uncensored Movement, where the great thing about speaking the truth is you don't have to memorize it. we got a great show for you guys today, and it's, it's, it's going to be something that uh, everybody that's listening in, we're going to need you to call in and be a part of this discussion uh, because it's important to the city of Chicago, but not just the city of Chicago. We're going to talk about issues that range from uh, around the country. We're going to talk about the solutions to gun violence right here in the city uh, and elsewhere. And we're going to also talk about prosecuting criminals and, of course, reference the new documentary that has everybody talking. Everybody around the world is talking about the documentary when they see us. And, of course, we got people that have done wrong in that documentary that are being pulled from the bookshelves and elsewhere. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that um, with our special uh, guest, to be here in a couple uh, uh, that'll be with us in a couple minutes, uh, appellate court judge uh, Carl Walker. All right, so when we talk about, um, uh, 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 oh, here he is right now. Come on, come on in, judge. Come on in. All right, so today, um, uh, this week, uh, we released, or I, I released a new article in the Sun Times. Um, <laughs> And really talking about the solutions to gun violence and giving advice to uh, Mayor Lightfoot on how I believe, you know, she can reduce violence in the city of Chicago. And one of the biggest things, and, and I'll tell you some of the things that the article talked about, one of them is talking about appointing people to the cabinet that are connected to the communities um, that um, are really um, known in the communities and have relationships because that's important is the police officers and other systems and power, they have their code of silence and we're not going to lie and say, you know, that the communities don't. And so you got to have people that they understand that they can relate to, that they know that they respect who are part of the administration doing some of those, uh, some of the uh, much needed um, work. And then you talk about the root causes. I re reiterated what I've always talked about, that police cannot reduce crime. Police are only there to react to crime. They're waiting on the call. They're waiting on somebody to call 911. And what that says is you can't keep pumping money into policing and not actually attacking the problem. And so we spend $1.5 billion on police a year, $100 million in police overtime last year, 113 million in police misconduct settlements last year. And so billions of dollar, dollars go to the police department in the city of Chicago, but the mental health facilities in our communities are shut down. 
but we have a lack of clinical staff members in the schools, lack of resources uh, for schools. You have a lack of programs for those who are returning home uh, from prison um, and a lack of programs and jobs and opportunities for young people. And the employment rate is one of the highest right here in Chicago than it is around the country. And so you got to attack the root causes. But then one of the things that they talk about is prosecuting criminals. You always talk about, well, the police this week, Eddie Johnson uh, said, well, we arrest them. And when we arrest some people that do crimes, they get out the same day. FOP gets mad and says the state's attorney is letting them out. They're disagreeing with uh, uh, the new bond uh, policy that that uh, 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 that has been in effect for for the past year where those who don't have the money to bond out, they, they're now getting lower bonds. So they're able to get out or I bonds and they're mad at that. So who more can I talk about um, reduction of violence uh, as well as um, prosecuting uh, criminals? Of course, he can't say uh, uh, as much as he would like. He, he is a judge, um, but there are certain things and certain insight that. Um, we want to hear uh, from you, and that is uh, Judge on the Appellate Court, Judge Carl Walker. And um, come on in, uh, Judge Carl. We'll get your headphones together. <laughs> How you doing, Judge? Very well. How's everything? <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for, for, for joining me. Uh, this has been a crazy week. Have you, have you seen the new documentary, When They See Us, yet? I have not. You have not. All right. So, But you are familiar, of course, with... The Central Park Five. I, I very much so. Very much so. So when you I, talk. I walked in on my daughter watching it. Uh, I think it was last night or maybe the night before. So yeah. when I didn't start watching it. I've been really busy this week. So. Yeah, I'm sure. So when you think of, think of, let's dive right into what I was just talking about. Now, the police department is now blam- pointing the blame and say, look, even when we arrest people, even though the clearance rate is 15 percent, uh, they're not doing their job in the criminal justice system to uh, prosecute them at the fullest extent. They're disagreeing with some of the charges, and then they're disagreeing with uh, uh, the bonds that are set or the fact that they get right back on the street. What can you, what can you say to that, Judge? Well, the first thing is as far as the – I'll start sort of from the back. The, the bonds is where you end it. There is a procedure for setting bonds, which uh, Judge Evans has in place, uh, Judge Evans being the chief judge of Cook County, and it's been in place for uh, a few years now, a couple of years at least. And the setting of the bond is based on several factors, and one of those factors is whether or not an individual is uh, a threat to the community. Right. And if the individual is not a threat to the community, and it's also based on the crime that's been committed, and it's based on an ability to pay. Right. And all of that is taken into account as the judges here in Cook County set bonds. So, and there hasn't, there's been, a, the, the Judge Evans has reported on several occasions, along with uh, uh, President Preckwinkle, that there has been no, because she, she was a part of this change as yes. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been no change in. Uh, criminality, if you will, for people who are getting out on bond, right. more so now than they were in the past. Because in the past, we had people who were probably stealing a pack of gum out of Walgreens, yeah, yeah. and then they were sitting in so jail, jail for forever. a whole year waiting trial, and or that's longer. just not fair. Mm-hmm. And so you talk about, now they they say that you're letting criminals back on the street. They, they cited a case 
Uh, the FOP cited the case last week and said, all right, well, this guy who shot this person was just let out on bond. And so when you talk about really the criminal justice system uh, and uh, uh, prosecuting criminals, you know, what do you what do you have to say to the FOP who who really wants wanted to where <laughs> if you arrested for something, basically they really want you guilty at that moment instead of actually having rights to uh, a fair trial or rights to get out and fight uh, outside uh, of jail. Now, you talked about. Um, you talk about how it's about the extent of the crime, but what really is it about when they respond this way with state's attorney, Kim Fox? Well, not necessarily responding to the FOP, but just responding generally. Generally. Speaking, yeah, please. The, if, if, if someone uh, has committed a crime, they are innocent until proven guilty. And right. that is the standard in our country. It has been the standard. And to anyone who thinks that that should not be the standard, I think that he sh- or she should ask himself or herself whether or not they want that standard to apply to them because right. people are sometimes falsely accused of crimes and the police don't even know that the people have been falsely accused because their job is to arrest right. uh, someone who is accused of committing a crime after they've done an investigation, right. of course. But once again, people are innocent until proven guilty, and we have to really uh, abide by that standard, especially as those of us who are part of the justice system. Now, what have you seen from people who, when you talk about people who are wrongly um, uh, convicted of a crime? Now, uh, well, I didn't say anything about that. What I said is sometimes people are accused, accused of crimes. Police says investigation, right. they find that there is no crime, right. or they may find that uh, there is a crime, and they'll let the justice system then do its job. Right. So now, what do you see as far as when you when you, on the appellate court with wrongful convictions? What have you seen uh, uh, as a judge of those who were accused, were convicted, but then it was it was overturned and and what what do some of those cases look like and how do you kind of make those decisions well a lot of times what you'll see in the appellate court is you'll see situations where what we see the most right now is people alleging ineffective assistance of counsel right and well i was about to say unfortunately but it's not necessarily unfortunate our system is an adversarial system okay and judges are there really to call balls and strikes and to make decisions based upon the evidence that's presented. Judges are not, uh, I should say judges are prohibited from doing their own investigation. I was about to say judges are not allowed to do their own investigation, which is saying the same thing. Right. But we're not. And we have to deal with the evidence that comes before us in the courtroom. We don't deal with any ex parte evidence. We don't go, we don't look at news articles to make decisions. And sometimes people are are wrongfully convicted because their attorneys didn't do what they were supposed to do. Right. Be it whether it's a private attorney or whether it's a public defender or or some other form of court-appointed attorney, there are times where attorneys make mistakes and and convictions happen, and that's what we see the most of. Right. People claiming ineffective assistance of counsel. Hmm. One example of that being that if someone... Uh, has a situation where they're engaging in some sort of a plea bargain and the attorney doesn't necessarily provide the defendant with all of the information. So therefore, the defendant is not informed and doesn't make the right decision and may decide whether than taking the five years that the state is offering 
the defendant wants to go to trial and may right. end up getting a lot more time than what they otherwise would have gotten. Right. So. Now, when you talk about a lot of them have it, it, juries, right? Now, let me let me let me go back a little bit. Talk to me about where you're from. Well, where I'm you from, from Judge? So, you from Inglewood, and, and I'm proud of that. I'm Good. a project of Chicago Public Schools. Right. Uh, my entire life. I attended three schools, all of them being CPS schools. I went to 12, so we okay, talked. Well, <laughs> no, I did three. I did school from kindergarten through eighth grade, and then I actually went to a junior high school, which we don't have anymore. Right. Back then we had, we, I, I don't know if there was a lot of them, but my school was a junior high school. Right. And then I attended uh, high school, and so all three schools being Which Chicago high school? Schools, Chicago Vocational High School. Vocational. Back when it was a really, really good school, one of the best yeah, schools in the city. It's nice and uh, abandoned now. In uh, the 80s. And Jesus uh, I uh, attended the University of Illinois Champaign from there and yeah. the University of Iowa College of Law. I was just driving past there yesterday, uh, yesterday before yesterday looking at how the, the big campus. And I was just like, what are we going to do with this building, Judge? It's, it's still it's, it, it has a lot of space and it can be used for something. OK, so now when you talk about violence now, what have you seen when you grow growing up in Inglewood? I grew up in Inglewood, too. Now, I'm a little bit further down than you. Now, what what did you see? What was your reality, you know what I mean, in Inglewood? Well, it was a little bit different than it is today. I'll admit to that. But it because it, it was definitely a community. Okay. Uh, we grew up really, really close with our neighbors. Uh, we knew our neighbors really well. We knew all of our neighbors' families. We knew their cousins. They knew our cousins. Uh, so... It, it was a bit different then, but but the whole city is different now. Right, uh, people don't know their neighbors as they did previously. So when we came along, people were close to their neighbors. They spoke to their neighbors. Now people don't even speak to their neighbors, so therefore they don't get to know them. Because speaking it's is no the more first village. Step. Exactly, the village is gone. You're correct. Okay, and so we need a village back, right? Yes, Judge? absolutely. And and what what are three things that you would say if we want to tackle gun violence? What are three things that let's say the mayor, if you were the mayor, would focus on the most? Well, you've said one of them already, and I hate to take your answer, but uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting that village back. Right. Getting that thing back where people uh, speak to their neighbors, where people know their neighbors, where they have where you have the the block clubs, uh, where you used to yes. remember the time where you had the precinct captains, yes. and then you, not only in, under the precinct captains you had all the block captains, you right. even sometimes had area captains, and that actually kept people together. Uh, people used to uh, congregate on the ward offices at least once a month, or sometimes once a week, yeah. and all of that just really brought the community together. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think will really really help is that. We've got to get our millennials involved, and yes. they've got to – they're actually going to, to some extent, take the lead on this. Come on, Judge. This, this thing with this gun violence because the, those are your new activists, if right. you will. Mm-hmm. And those are the people that's going to be able to start uh, stepping up, speaking, and making a difference. It's similar to what we saw down in Florida. Right. Uh, and that's what we need. Yes. So we need young people to step up. And do what they supposed to do, Jalen. Am I am I am, am I correct? What are you going What What are you gonna do um, to do your part when you're talking about solutions to gun violence? Because we always talk about everybody. We talk about the mayor, the state's attorney, the 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 uh, who else? We talk about the activists, everybody involved, the judges. 
We talk about everybody but you young folks. Now, what you young folks going to do, Jalen? I'm, I'm speaking like I'm an old man right now. I'm just going to put down the guns. You going to put... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Jalen. I'm going to say no to the weed. Okay. Say no to the crack. Okay. Say no to the gangs. <laughs> so you just going to say no to everything. And go to school. Now, what? Man. Now, what? what is your solution? Give to, me one. To gun violence? To gun violence. Um... Uh, don't pick them up. That's all you gotta do. No, no. Give me another solution. When I think they should. Guns, I think they should have like some type of process to uh, like regulate who is getting the guns and how guns are being like you know, like you know, uh, floated, uh, flush through our communities. Okay. Because you know, like a lot of people who got guns, you know, in Inglewood and all of that, they don't have like permits. And none of that. Like I have a license to have the gun. Yeah, it's not okay. legal. So, uh, background checks, extensive background checks. Yeah. Um, you know, mental health screenings. Right, Judge? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Kira Moe is in the studio, but she lost her voice. Um, so, I'm trying to let her find it. Uh, <laughs> you can join the conversation at 312 Three zero. Now, when you talk about when they see us, did you watch the documentary, Jalen? No, but I, I do know about. I've seen the first documentary that they had about. Okay, it. Central Park Five. And now you have these people who uh, the five who um, were convicted of this crime without DNA, without no evidence, no physical evidence at all. You know how does this happen? Can their statement just solely be the weapon to allow the jury to really convict them? You know, how, how, how do you think this really happened and, uh, as far as the jury goes? And then even if the jury put in their decision, the judge can technically override that decision if there is not evidence, correct? It, they can. It's a judgment notwithstanding the verdict, but that's rare. Okay. It's, it's very rarely used. Okay. So now why... Why would they be? Pro- why would the Central Park Five be prosecuted? Um, and you know, um, knowing that their statements were forced, coerced out of them by these detectives, and there was no physical DNA. Well, one, one. First of all, let me just say that uh, for years we didn't even have DNA, right? And people were prosecuted at that time. DNA. It wasn't right. So, right. It, so it's not. Totally crazy to say that you know, well, some people were prosecuted and there was no, uh, no blood evidence, no DNA, no, there was nothing, no fingerprints, right. no gun residue. That that has been happening forever. Right. So to say that it's still happening, it, 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 you question it only because the technology is there. Right. And I think what you're asking, Jay Maul, is why aren't we using it? Right. If it's there, why don't we require? Uh, if, if they are saying that the young man had the gun in his hand, why don't we require that they always test the gun for fingerprints, right. test his hand for gunshot residue and right. so forth. But it's not always done. Right. And part of it is a is it, it, it's a uh, it's a cost problem. And yeah. I was about to say it's a cost benefit analysis, but I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that because right. the benefit of of not wrongly convicting someone, I mean, there's no cost that you can put on that. You don't right. want people to be wrongly convicted. But the it happens. I think the reason why people are convicted wrongly sometimes 
sometimes someone has come into court and not told the truth. Right. But there's no way for a judge or even in some cases a jury to know that. Right. So they convict based upon the evidence that comes in. If a witness lied and then maybe later on, years down the road, they'll admit that they lied. Then we know. Right. And you can free the person or someone else comes forward and says that, no, it wasn't them. I did the crime. Right. They get free, but it, again, it's it's the problem is that we we can't control. We don't know always when people are telling the truth. Right. All right. So we're gonna dive uh, all the way in after this break. Um, when you're talking about the solutions to gun violence, we're gonna take a few calls. Three one two three seven four eight one three zero. We'll be back on the Bum Radio Show right after this. You're listening to the Bum Radio Show with J. Mar Green and Kibermo right here on WVON. Do you want to start a business but don't know the first steps? Are you an entrepreneur looking to expand? Or were you like me, had a rocky credit history keeping you from achieving the American dream? Or are you just an individual wondering how to navigate our economy? Well, no matter your situation, Majesty Financial has a plan for you. Our trained professionals can help with financial literacy, credit development, business resources, and more. We will jumpstart your business and get you the capital that you need. Visit our website at majestyfinancial.com. That's M-A-J-O-S-T-E-E, financial.com. And learn how to make the most of tomorrow today. Let's hang out. What you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the club. Uh, I ain't in the mood for that. Let's go to a bar. We did that last week. Well, we can do something chill, like a hookah lounge. Yeah. Everybody been talking about that place called Mr. Hookah. Mr. Hookah? Where's that? Hold on. Let me get the address. That's up north. It's at 5005 West Lawrence. They open seven days a week, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's BYOB. They said it's the best smoke in the shop. All right, let's go. Denied. You know what? I don't want to open up a business anymore. No bank will accept me. Well, that's going to change with CNI. Who's CNI? Well, they're not a traditional lender. Their goal is to help you start up. As long as you have a great idea and willing to work hard. Well, I'm ready. Well, let me get you the $50,000 you need today to start your business. CNI is ready for you. If you want help with your business, too, go to CNIMFG.org. That's CNIMFG.org. In the first 10 days of April alone, at least 88 people were shot in the city of Chicago, 20 of them fatal. Our city has become a battleground for misguided people who have no hope, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It's time for us to join in the fight. Pastor Corey Brooks and Project Hood are launching a campaign to help bring change to our city, but they need our help. The South Side is in need of a community center to help provide resources and opportunity for our people. Visit www.projecthood.org. That's www.projecthood.org to donate and learn more about our project. And remember, it's up to us to change the landscape of our city. Let's build Chicago. Do you know how easy it is for your voice to get lost in courtroom injustice? Major forces using their power to silence you? Well, find your voice with the Parikh Law Group. Founded in 2010, the Parikh Law Group moves away from the traditional notions of law firm practice to innovative, personalized, and results-driven solutions. They have uplifted the voices of clients in cases concerning discrimination, immigration, corporations, and election law. 
Call the Parikh Law Group today to receive a complimentary strategy session regarding your legal needs at 312-725-3476. Once again, that's 312-725-3476. The Parikh Law Group will make sure your voice is heard. What's up? It's Jamal Green, and you're listening to The Bum Radio Show every Friday from 9 to 12. Now, how you bumming? Used to carry all the groceries in one trip. Simply made gone in one sip. All right, y'all, we are back. We are back. We diving back into the conversation solutions to gun violence in the city of Chicago and prosecuting criminals. I have the pleasure of and, and the honor of having Justice Carl Walker here from uh, the appellate court to uh, talk to me about um, violence. He's from Inglewood, as well as talk about prosecuting those who committed. And so I want to first get in. We're going to get into the root causes of violence. You can call in at 312-374-8130. I want to first go into um, prosecuting criminals, right? So... When you out, and we're looking at the Warriors game too, y'all. Now, uh, <laughs> Justice here wants the Raptors to win, <laughs> and I'm a Warriors fan. J- uh, Jalen, you you what? You uh, I'm a Chicago Bulls. Fan. Oh my God, that's a horrible. I ain't never support the Bulls. I'm sorry. Yeah, good answer. Uh, the Bulls ain't gonna win nothing for another hundred years. Jared, who you with? Man, Golden State got this in six games. Golden State in six. Okay, I like it. Golden State in six. Marvin, so I see you in the building. What's up? Warriors, baby. Warriors. Warriors in the building. So what happens when they lose tonight? When they lose, they're not going to lose tonight, Judge. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, <laughs> uh, this ain't, this ain't, I know this ain't your courtroom right here, Judge. I'm trying to tell you the Warriors going to take this. <laughs> they going to take it. So um, back into the conversation. Now, when you talk about um, the clearance rate, of this of CPD, they talk about the state's attorney and they talk about judges. They talk uh, and, and well, the state's attorney, the, the criminal justice process after them. What do you need, judge, to actually prosecute someone who has committed a murder in the city of Chicago? What do you? What are the elements you need? Because they say, without a witness, we had Glenn Brooks from the CPD last week. He says, without a witness. We're not able to really prosecute them, and we're not able to really get a conviction. So what do you really do? You Do you need that witness? How, how important is that witness? Um, and, yeah, yeah. So tell me about that. Well, well you do need some evidence. Okay. Come a little bit closer. You, you do need some evidence. Right. And without someone coming in to testify at trial, you don't have anything. Right. And therefore, there's no way to prosecute someone if you have no evidence. Okay. Now, realizing that testimonial evidence is just one form of evidence. Right. But even where there's other forms of evidence, such such as DNA, Mm -hmm. then you do need some form of forensic scientist or someone to come in and testify to that, that the person's DNA was found on there. Right. But then that just becomes circumstantial evidence to some extent, just because his DNA is on the gun. Right. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's the one that, in just speaking in terms of first degree murder, that he knowingly and intentionally, or I should say, or knowingly or intentionally 
killed this person. So you gotta have somebody to corroborate what happened that day. Correct. Okay, so if you don't have a witness, okay, well say you do. Say I witness or Jalen witness a murder. And I'm gonna put him on the spotlight. Um, he may need witness protection later. Now, <laughs> say he witnessed a murder. How do you protect them? Because this is this is one of the biggest things in the community. So I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and address it from their side. Fifteen percent clearance rate. Even if we find the murders, how do we get a conviction? Is the the conversation right now? So, what do you do to protect the witnesses? Well, the question is, is what does the city of Chicago? Yeah, what do you city of Chicago do? How do we protect the? Yeah, I just want to be clear that that, that's that's something judges would do. Judges do do, right. And also, I want to be clear that by my comments that I make today, I don't intend to uh, imply how I would rule on any case that were to come to before me in the future. Uh, So we're we're having a conversation, and it has nothing to do with my beliefs on anything or how I would rule on a particular case. And I'm not speaking of any. Uh, case that's currently before any court in any jurisdiction in the United States as I speak. Yes. We're just speaking generally. Put the disclaimer out there, Judge. Please. <laughs> okay. But if the the thing is, if Jalen has actually witnessed a murder, there's really, to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a way to necessarily protect Jalen okay. if he's going to go in and testify against someone. If he's not going to be placed into a witness protection program through the federal system, right? The state is not going. The state, city of Chicago, will not necessarily be able to protect him if the, if the people who, who against whom he's going to testify decide yeah. to retaliate. So, and it, I'm just being honest. So, how did a city, a state, do we need to create some way to really protect witnesses if we want to actually see some real convictions? Because most people in the hood, you know, you from the hood, they see something, the police come talking, they like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. Because you got other gang members or so that'll look at them and be like, hey, I had a situation and I saw a, a, a case just like this a couple weeks ago. Scared to testify. So do we need, as a city of uh, uh, Chicago, how can Mayor Lightfoot push an initiative to actually protect witnesses? I'm not really sure uh, how yeah. that can be done. I don't think the funding is there for it. Yeah. Uh, again, when we're talking about the federal government, we are really talking about unlimited resources yeah, because they have the ability to tax and just bring yeah. in more money. The city of Chicago, of course, they tax us on water, garbage, and so forth and so on. Right. But they, there's no way to raise those kind of funds for a city to be able to provide. So it had to be on a federal level. So we got to ask Trump for a little help. <laughs> All right. So mental health. Mental health facilities in, in the city of Chicago are non-existent in our communities. How important is mental health in dealing with this problem in regards to, to gun violence, in your opinion? It's extremely important because most of the time, sometimes there are people that have mental health issues and they don't know they have mental health issues. Their family sometimes doesn't know that they have mental health issues. Right. And... Because sometimes you you might go into the grocery store, mm-hmm. which I think I ran into you recently in the grocery store, yep. Jewel, mm-hmm. and you'll see that person who's walking through the store and they're just really loud. Right. Sometimes that's a mental mental health issue. Right. We don't think anything of it. We think oh she's just loud. Just loud. But sometimes there's there's more to it than right. that. So, in terms of Kira that, got a little. She always loud, Justice. <laughs> 
He gonna talk because I can't. <laughs> I don't want to hurt that. <laughs> but but honestly, the mental health thing is an issue, and, and as you know, that we don't really have those facilities in Illinois like we had back in the 1970s yeah. and 80s, yeah. where people could. There were people back then <clears throat> in the 1970s and maybe even the early 80s before the mental health facilities closed. They would actually go and just check themselves into mental health facilities yeah. because they knew that they were about to have an episode. People yeah. who suffer from like manic depressive and schizophrenia, yeah. they used to do that. Yeah. Well, there's no opportunity to do that anymore. Now, what we've been doing, is, as you know, and you've talked about this before, we've just been putting them all Put in, them in jail. jail. Right. And, so. and Tom Dart and, and other officials said, look, the jail is not a mental health facility. And... So the city and state must come together so we can actually start to address uh, the, the this crisis. Now, what is the jail supposed to do? Right now, we're in uh, uh, the majority of prisons are filled by us. We can go back, you know, and, and go to all the bills and everything else. How that happened? But what do the jails do or should be doing or prisons to rehabilitate those uh, uh, those who? Uh, 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 those who are in there and getting them ready back into society, or is it just should just be a city job to grab them and put them on on uh, uh, put them back on track after they get out? Well, it's going to take uh, help from everywhere. Uh, yeah, but I will tell you that there are programs in jail right now that uh, kids, I should say, people can participate in. Yeah. And that is they can get GEDs while they're there. Even in the Cook County Jail, yeah. there's programs where they can actually attend college. And they actually get credit off of their time for having done so. Right. And just recently, I believe it became effective uh, January 1st of 2018 or 2019, whereby there was was a period of time whereby if you were convicted of a Class X felony or certain other felonies, first-degree murder and so forth, that you couldn't get credit for going to school. You had to do 85% of your time, and that's all that there was. Well, the state legislature, thankfully, has changed that now. And now, even if you're convicted of one of the excluded crimes, crimes you can yeah. still get that credit if you go to school. Because it, what, what it does, it's going to make you a better person when you come out. I was going to say, my brother, right. that benefited my brother, and he got out early. That's good. See? And one of my brothers is doing that now, and he's going to get out early. And, and they so, came back with degrees and everything. So now, when you, have, when you talk about the city of Chicago, we must prepare for those who return to society. For instance, marijuana. Gonna be legalized on the first of January. You don't do no. You don't smoke or nothing, do you? I Justin? do not. <laughs> I absolutely look, Justin, do not, and right. I don't mind going on the record. Go on the, the record and say that I do not smoke marijuana. Look, Justin's <laughs> like, woo! I done walked into the bum radio show. I don't know what I'm gonna get asked today. <laughs> so we put that on the record. Now, um, Kira Mo, she she's uh, unapologetic. Um, you know. You know, you she, she, uh, the mic is on. We is can the hit. mic on? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we is. Um, she unapologetic. She smoked justice. I'm going to put it out to the world. Put it out to the world. Yeah. nothing wrong with marijuana. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you wanted me to get on record and say that? Everyone yeah. knows that. Yeah, yeah, My yeah, beginnings yeah. was a show yeah. that was called yeah. On Cloud Nine. It's about education, too. It's not only about smoking it. So, okay, good, good, know? good, good, good. Good. Puff, puff, pass. Now, listen. So, here <laughs> where we at. Now, <laughs> January 1st. Now, now they've took away automatic expungements and made it to where the governor is going to be able to just pardon those who have a, a, a charge of under 30 grams, and he's going to do it at a, a big rate. Now, 
when they're released to society, what should we be doing, Judge? What should the city of Chicago be doing when we have thousands that are released who are in jail for nonviolent marijuana offenses come next year? Well, and you've said this before. I, I hate that I'm repeating what you've said, but you've just said so much here. But we, we're going to have to have jobs for them. Yeah. We're going to have to have, uh, or, or, or they have, they're going to have to be ready to go to school. Yeah. And because they, they've got to be trained, mm-hmm. and not necessarily college, but cause trades. Trades. We I mean, need our trades unions to be ready. Yes. At the gates. Absolutely so. Yeah. And, and those are great opportunities because trades are something that you can learn in a very short period of time. Yeah. Become proficient and, yeah. and do a great job because there's a, as you know, and you and I have had this discussion before. Yeah. Uh, we, in fact, we, this is one of the things we talked about when we were in Jewel, that there's so many people in our community that are actually gifted. Yeah. But there you go. But it's something about giftedness. You can be gifted, but if you're not... Uh, trained along the way and yeah. you don't have that achievement, yeah. you're not going to excel and you may not even be able to excel in life even with your giftedness yeah. because you have not been quote unquote treated for that. Treated for. You yeah. need you need to be, that needs to be constantly uh, molded. Yeah, yeah, molded. yeah. And you need that and, training. And yeah. so I've, I've taught myself how to um, fix my furnace and plumbing on YouTube. You know what I mean? I think <laughs> YouTube teach you everything. So I'm going to do my training at the crib, bring them all to the crib. Like, I got YouTube videos we're going to watch. We're going to get y'all certified by by, by Mar Green. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. Uh, the Warriors losing by two, y'all. We got another quarter. We're going to win this. And then uh, you can place your bets. Call in and place your bets. 312-374-8130. I'm taking all bets uh, over $100. Now, now <laughs> live right here on the air, y'all. So now we must provide jobs and opportunities and programs. And the trades unions, man, step up, right? I, I, I want to do an event, tables right outside the gate as, 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 as they're releasing a lot of them at one time. And come right on out. We got resources for you right here. Like, there needs to be a real aggressive plan because when they reenter into society and they've been away for so long, we're expecting them to just come and be, you know, just like in the documentary, we had Raymond who came out to society. He was trying to do positive. He was trying to go get a job. And they said, well, we ain't got one for you. They had made him register as a sex offender. And then he like, man, now I really can't get a job. So now he's just like, what am I going to do? And so he got back into the drug game because he said, man, after a while, he like, I got to feed my family and I'm in the house with my dad and his crazy wife who don't like me. I got to make some money. We must have an aggressive plan to get those come reenter into, into society a job and opportunity right here in the city of Chicago, and that needs to happen um, at, at when they come out. So we're gonna take a quick break, y'all. Three one two three seven four eight one three zero. We got the one and only uh, appellate court <coughs> justice Carl Walker in the building. Kara Moe is sick. I don't know what's going on with her. Just want her to keep it over there. Call in. We'll talk to you after this break. Hey yo, it's the black boy for LaJoy Keontae H, and you're listening to the Bum Radio Show. Do you want to start a business but don't know the first steps? Are you an entrepreneur looking to expand? Or were you like me, had a rocky credit history keeping you from achieving the American dream? Or are you just an individual wondering how to navigate our economy? Well, no matter your situation, Majesty Financial has a plan for you. 
Our trained professionals can help with financial literacy, credit development, business resources, and more. We will jumpstart your business and get you the capital that you need. Visit our website at majestyfinancial.com. That's M-A-J-O-S-T-E-E, financial.com. And learn how to make the most of tomorrow today. In the first 10 days of April alone, at least 88 people were shot in the city of Chicago, 20 of them fatal. Our city has become a battleground for misguided people who have no hope, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It's time for us to join in the fight. Pastor Corey Brooks and Project Hood are launching a campaign to help bring change to our city, but they need our help. The South Side is in need of a community center to help provide resources and opportunity for our people. Visit www.projecthood.org. That's www.projecthood.org to donate and learn more about our project. And remember, it's up to us to change the landscape of our city. Let's build Chicago. Denied. You know what? I don't want to open up a business anymore. No bank will accept me. Well, that's going to change with CNI. Who's CNI? Well, they're not a traditional lender. Their goal is to help you start up. As long as you have a great idea and willing to work hard. Well, I'm ready. Well, let me get you the $50,000 you need today to start your business. CNI is ready for you. If you want help with your business, too, go to cnimfg.org. That's cnimfg.org. Let's hang out. What you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the club. Uh, I ain't in the mood for that. Let's go to a bar. We did that last week. Well, we could do something chill, like a hookah lounge. Yeah. Everybody been talking about that place called Mr. Hookah. Mr. Hookah? Where's that? Hold on. Let me get the address. That's up north. It's at 5005 West Lawrence. They open seven days a week, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's BYOB. They said it's the best smoke in the shop. All right, let's go. Do you know how easy it is for your voice to get lost in courtroom injustice? Major forces using their power to silence you? Well, find your voice with the Parikh Law Group. Founded in 2010, the Parikh Law Group moves away from the traditional notions of law firm practice to innovative, personalized, and results-driven solutions. They have uplifted the voices of clients in cases concerning discrimination, immigration, corporations, and election law. Call the Parikh Law Group today to receive a complimentary strategy session regarding your legal needs at 312-725-3476. Once again, that's 312-725-3476. The Parikh Law Group will make sure your voice is heard. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening. We got more coming up next right here on the Bum Radio Show. Number 312-374-8130. Now, things for young people to do, Judge. What were you guys doing 
when you and we're back with the honorable judge Carl Walker on on the appellate court. What were you guys doing in Inglewood at your age that kept you out of the mess going on in the community? I'm not sure that that we were. I'm not sure that we were necessarily kept out of the mess because yeah. there were things going on. Uh, I personally was protected from a lot of it yeah. by people in our community because even the people who may have been committing crimes and doing things, those same people protected me. Yeah. And, and I recall times where people in my community actually said to me, uh, you go home, things are about to jump off. Right. Because And, and they would literally say this, that you're going to be something one day, and they would respond, but I'm not going to be S. And, but you go home, and they would actually right. send me home, and, and I was protected from things. And, and I actually have that experience today in my life that it seems like everywhere I go, yeah. everything I've become a part of, there's always somebody there before I arrive there right. to protect me. Right. So why, why, why did you become a judge? What made you become a judge? That's a good question. I'd, I'd have to start from the <laughs> beginning. Uh, because it actually, my becoming a lawyer was started as a joke when I was a freshman in high school yeah. uh, with a friend and, 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 and I. We would argue about whether or not the name of our law firm would be Taylor and Walker or Walker and Taylor. Right. And ultimately, uh, my family kept reminding me that I'm supposed to go to law school. Yeah. And I ended up going. And the uh, once I became a, a, I didn't know any lawyers, didn't know any judges when I was a kid. And once I became a lawyer and started, I had a, actually had an opportunity when I first got back to Chicago because I practiced in Iowa for a very short period of time because yeah. I'm also licensed in the state of Iowa right. as I am in Illinois. And I was working in both states. I worked in the Quad Cities, lived in the Quad Cities, and that was for about a year. And when I got back to Chicago, I, I had an opportunity to run for judge, and I turned it down Wow! because I was fresh out of law school. Right. I didn't think I was ready. And I'm actually glad I did turn it down because, honestly, I agree as I look back on that situation yeah. today. I was not ready. Right. And once I finally became a judge after having practiced law for 14 and a half years, I was ready right. to, to become a judge. Yeah. And now I've been a judge for nearly uh, 14 years. So you're looking to go up to Supreme next, going to the Supreme Court at some point? Well, I don't I don't like to say what I will and won't do because right. I'm real careful of that. But yeah. I don't have any interest at this time. Yeah. So uh, but things can change. Good to know. So what do you say to a young Jalen right here who... Who lives in Inglewood? West Inglewood. West Inglewood ain't ain't much. He's of making a, a distinction. You're okay. making a distinction. <laughs> you don't We're want not, you don't want to hear what doesn't he, have a difference, right? You don't want to hear what he really called uh, where he stay at. We'll talk about that off air. What <laughs> What do you say to West Inglewood Jalen right here, who come from where you came from? Just probably a little bit rougher well, now. Actually, I, I wasn't yeah. from West Inglewood. You're you West Inglewood. <laughs> I don't think there's a difference. <laughs> I don't think it's much of a difference. I was actually either. from Inglewood, 63rd and Halsted. Woo! You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> Rep where you from, fam? Well, you Rep where <laughs> 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 He from 63rd and Halsted. And I'm from 76 and Halsted. Well, you know, it's 55th and Damon. Yeah, you yeah. Know. You around the corner. We'll let you slide. West. You're a little bit west. You was a little bit in. Almost, uh, what's the next uh, uh, neighborhood? Brighton Park. All right, so, well, <laughs> Judge, what do you say to 16-year-old uh, uh, West Inglewood Jalen? Well, first of all, I would say, Jalen, keep doing what you're doing. You're a really good kid. Uh, I just met you today, but but I'm impressed with everything I've heard from you. Uh, 
in talking to you, you and just st- keep your head on straight. Just uh, uh, realize that, that no matter what's going on, as long as you're still trying to accomplish something, you have not failed. And that's to, that's to, to your WVO and audience, Jamal. Yeah. I'd say that, and that's to all the young people that are listen, listening. Just remember that as long as you're still trying, yeah. you've not failed. So you could be any way you can you you could be anything you want to be from where you are now, yep. right? Absolutely. Now, now if if he is and and that's what we need also when we talk about solutions to violence is we need people to not be scared of Jalen because he don't cut his hair, but at least want to approach him, right? And not be scared to talk to him. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Do you agree, Jalen? Yeah, I do agree. You know, because. Uh, we got a lot of stigma as black young black males in the city of Chicago, like, you know, worse than I think than any other place, you know, like as a big city. Right. So, yeah, I think that contributes to violence, you know, going full circle back to what we talked about before. I think that uh, contributes to the problem and, you know, outside people and outside voices, you know, uh, influencing people in our communities. What have caused you to, to, to be on the right track? It, it's the same as a judge, you know. I had a very good support system as a kid, and still now, you know, it's gotten, you know, just better every year. Yeah. So I could just say it to that. It's not anything from me, but it's the people who I've been, uh, you know, blessed with. Yeah. Now, Judge, we got somebody and uh, a mayor and uh, Baltimore says that, we should bring public boxing uh, uh, rings around the city since everybody want to shoot at each other and y'all can fight in the ring. <laughs> now, what do you think, Judge? This is what the mayor say. This is what the mayor say. Kira, Kira, can we can we hear you, Jared? Kira. No, so what I said is that that's the problem is that people can't fight. Like, people don't <laughs> fight no more. So it's embarrassing to get beat up. Like, right. I remember when I was young and I would fight. And the first question was, did you win? And if you didn't win, you was going to go back and fight. And it's a lot of black households that's like that. And it's a lot of kids that after you get beat up, you don't want to deal with that. So guess what? Instead of having to fight you, now I'm going to yeah. shoot you. But shoot it's you. dumb now because you're still shooting the you wrong got beat person. Up yeah, I've got beaten up. Anybody that said they never got beaten up is a liar. Well, that's not true because I've never got beaten up. Judge, have you ever got beaten up? I don't recall. 